We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hi everyone, I'm Sophie, he's Mike. Welcome to our little corner of the podcasting universe. Hopefully you like the sound of our voices and you want to stick around for the show. Not that it stays in one place for long. I mean, after all, we are on the road with Mickey. So hop in the car and buckle up your skate belts because we've got an awesome adventure this week. Now a brief rundown before we get moving. First up, our roundtable talk where we'll discuss the main topic for this week followed by some Disney trivia ranging from Disney history to a random Disney character of the day. Well, that's just about it. Everybody ready? Let's get this show on the road. Hey, everyone. I'm Mike, and she's Sophie. And she's Brenda. Hey, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Brenda, you there? <laughs> <laughs> and guys, we're on the road with Mickey. This is episode... Well, actually, not episode number. This is episode for season two, episode five, for February 1st, 2021. And we are continuing our discussion on Walt's Nine Old Men. This is part two of a three-part series. Um, we're going to focus on Les Clark and Ollie Johnston and Milk Call today. So I hope everyone is excited to learn more about these um, iconic men of animation at Disney's history. But before we get started, like always, we got some cheddar from the big cheese. So let's go ahead and get started on that. And I'll I'll start us off. Sophie, Brenda, just FYI, filming for season three of The Mandalorian is set to begin on April 5th. They originally thought it wasn't going to start filming until August. I originally wasn't sure if there was going to be a season three. Yeah, well, there's definitely going to be a season three. They start filming in April, and I think they might be able to make it work for the same sort of time period of release. But I'm not 100% certain. So, gotcha. so anyway, that's exciting news for me because... You know, I'm, I'm like these these little eight eight chapter seasons. It's just not enough content. I need I need to like watch it over and over again, almost. I think it's a good enough season, in my opinion. But then again, I'm not I'm not used to watching through these like twenty episode seasons of shows without like my parents because otherwise i know that i will get to like season or not season episode eight or something like that and just be like eh i'm over it i'll watch a new episode (laughs) and then i never watch a new episode yeah but continuing on and speaking about disney plus coming to theaters and disney plus on march 5th raya and the last Dragon. There is an exclusive trailer that has premiered, and the link to it will be in the show notes, the YouTube yeah. link. Yeah. And I have 
Ever since I saw the trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon, I have been extremely curious about it. So I really want to see what it's about. Yeah. Like, really. And and from what I understand, the um, the Disney Plus premiere is in this section of Disney Plus where you pay for extra to be able to see these releases as they come out. So you'll still you'd be able to see it on Disney Plus instead of in the theater, but you have to pay for that for that part of it. It's not like it's just going to show up in regular yeah. Disney Plus. So. Yeah, just like Mulan was, we had to pay extra for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Until we could. Until it was had released to pay out. extra. Yeah, until it was released out, which is probably so that it would have enough time to make some sort of profit in the box office. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's probably what will happen with Raya and the Last Dragon. And that's just my theory on why it would be that way. But I have some more news. And this, Daddy, you are going to be extremely excited about this. Reported over at the Magic Kingdom, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover is now being tested so that it could be reopening soon. Maybe. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Yep. Yay! <laughs> and you know That's what's funny? Good. I was actually talking with one of my friends earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and I was telling her about the people mover, and apparently she thought that it wasn't going to be reopening because it was dangerous and the tracks were broken, and they just couldn't have the time to fix it. But then I told her what was going on, and she's like, oh, I hope it's reopening soon then, and I think she'll be happy to hear this news. Yeah, I think definitely. She will too. Well then, you're up next, Daddy. Okay. Um this was announced last week, but Disney is making some major changes to the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. They're going to build out the story some more, and they're going to have some sort of new adventures being added to the attraction at both Disneyland Park and at the Magic Kingdom. And mm-hmm. there's there was even some tale of how, like, a previous Jungle Cruise ship or boat had, um, you know, run ran aground or something like that, and then it got taken over by the by chimpanzees and so forth. So, so it's going to be interesting to see what they what the changes look like. But it'll be kind of interesting, and I'm kind of excited to see what it looks like. And, you know, it it just interests me. It, it's kind of interesting to me. So, not yeah. sure what you guys think. I agree. I think, it, I think it would be nice to see some changes made to the Jungle Cruise. Because I really like the ride, yes. But it seems a little bit dated to me. Yeah. All right, and then we have one last bit of cheddar, and Brenda is going to talk about it. I am. When I was at uh, Magic Kingdom in December, walking around between Frontierland and Liberty Square, there was no water at all in the Rivers of America, which was really strange, and seeing it like a big giant pool with a track running through for the Liberty Bell. I mean, yeah, that was really weird. Um, yeah. I had never seen it like that, and I've been there so many times. It's like, whoa. But happily, after five days, the Rivers of America is back up full, full water capacity now, and it looks really 
really great. So um, the the riverboat won't start running until I think at least March 1st. They extended the refurb for that okay. through the end of February. So um, Tom Sawyer Island and Liberty Square Boat are closed right now. So right. Um, also, I don't know if the listeners are traveling soon, but the Hippity Dippity Pool at Pop Century is going to be closed from February 15th through early March. Mm-hmm. And they're also getting ready to start working on the Kiki Tiki's Splash Area at um, Polynesian Village Resort. And that's supposed to be closed beginning in February, but there's no further details on that. So that's new. Oh, okay. well, I know. Well, Thank that's a lot more that. than I knew, Brenda. Yeah, we don't usually we don't usually highlight on the stuff that's happening at the resorts. Yeah, and I have Thank a lot of guests, you. you know, that that are going to be staying over there at Pop. So, oh. I bet there's a lot of people out there listening that may not know it. So it's new. Well, there you yeah. go. Thank well, you, Brenda. Thank you that's great us. chatter. You're welcome. That's great chatter, and that finishes up our chatter from the Big Cheese. Just a reminder. That all of our ways you can connect with us are in the show notes. Um, on the Road with Mickey group in Facebook. Uh, we're on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching us this week. Um, Instagram. Um, by email. You can leave us a voicemail. I mean, there's a lot of different ways. So so reach out if you wanna if you wanna connect with us. But um anyway, that brings us to our feature topic. And like I said previously, it's a continuation of our look at Walt's Nine Old Men. And um, just a reminder that these are the nine animators that Walt Disney hired in the early days to really build out um, the animation department and to work on the feature-length movies and things like that. So these are iconic historical people that, that were like in the forefront of Disney from the beginning so it's really kind of cool that we're looking at them and this week last week brenda went first and this week sophie is going to go first and sophie who are you going to talk about today i am going to talk about les clark the first of the nine old men okay and i can't wait to hear it yep And he is the only one of the nine to be credited with working on the origins of Mickey Mouse with UB, with UB works, iWorks. Cool. I'm still not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. UB? I think it's of iWorks, but I could be wrong too. So Brenda, you're the deciding vote. No, I think it's of iWorks too. I don't know for sure. Gotcha. Up I works it is. Sorry. That's okay. Well, starting on Les Clark, he was born on November 17th, 1907 in Utah, and he is like my mother in that he is the oldest out of many, many children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm highlighting my mom's the oldest out of five. Les Even though Clark- she does not look like it. No, she not does at all. not. Not at no. all. She looks like the youngest. Mm, yes. Love you, Mommy. He's the oldest <laughs> out of 12. Wow. Wow. Yep. Oh, goodness. Yes, and on top of that, despite being born in Ogden, Utah, his family had a tendency to move around all over the place. They moved between Salt Lake City, 
Twin Falls, Idaho, and Los Angeles, all before, all by 1930. And he went to high school in Los Angeles and he worked a summer job at a particular ice cream shop near Disney Studios. And it's there that the young Les Clark met Walt Disney because he was a frequent patron of that ice cream shop and he complimented the young boy on the lettering of the menus, which was his work. And it took a while, but Les eventually asked Walt for a job. And this is what he said. I don't have this written down, but I have the quote right here. Walt said, bring me some drawings and let's see what they look like. So Clark copied some cartoons and showed them to Walt. He said that Clark had a good line, and why didn't he come in to work on Monday? Well, that Monday was the Monday after his high school graduation, so Clark reported to Disney for a temporary position in 1927, right out of high school. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is cool. Yep. He worked as a camera operator and also helped in the ink and paint department before moving to work under the guidance of, of iWorks, who, like I said, he was the only one of the nine to work with iWorks on the origins of Mickey Mouse. And during the famous character's development, Clark was promoted to the position of in-betweener, which is a position that Miss Brenda told us about last week. And he worked on some of the scenes from Steamboat Willie. And after iWorks left Disney, Clark was made the lead animator on Mickey Mouse. He also helped to animate the classic scene from Snow White where she dances with the seven dwarves as his work got better. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And he is credited for a long list of films and I could not possibly begin to tell you exactly how many that they that there are because they range from 1927 when he first started working all the way until 2000 where part of his work was used in the Fantasia 2000 despite him having passed away in 1979. But he is known for many of the characters like Pinocchio, Cinderella, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, and Tinkerbell. And the last movie he worked on during his life was The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. He sadly died of cancer on September 12, 1979 in Santa Barbara. But he had a wife, Miriam, and they had two children their son, Richard, and also a daughter named Miriam. Wow. Awesome. September 12th, that's Meemaw's birthday. Hmm. Well, that was a sad day. Yeah. In but that happy case, birthday to Meemaw. Yeah. Yep. So. Meemaw is my grandmother, for those of you who are unaware. And I love <laughs> her to death. Yay! And she loves you. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I've got a quote, Sophie. Would you like to hear it? I would. It's with it's on regard. Um, it's regarding Les Clark, and it's from, believe it or not, Brenda. It's from Frank and Ollie. Oh, awesome! And um, they said of Les Clark that Les quietly went ahead perfecting what he did best. Constantly at art class, working hard to improve and learn. There was much admiration for this quiet, thoughtful man who came in with no art background, yet through sheer determination and desire, not only kept up, but helped advance the art with his refinements of many fundamentals. And, you know, these guys are, like we said, they're iconic legends of Disney and to hear the praise they had for each other, yeah, it just yeah. it really brings it even home even more, you know. It that's does. true. That's true. So, so that's why I like to share these little tidbits and stuff. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, they live well, on through these podcasts. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. You know, they do. All right, so Sophie, is that if that's all you've got for us? That's all I've got. Then that brings us to Miss Brenda. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I am covering um, Ollie Johnston this week, who's the other half of Frank and Ollie. I did Mm -hmm. um, Frank Thomas last week. Oliver Martin Johnston Jr. was born on Halloween 1912 Mm -hmm. in Palo Alto, California, and he died on April 14th, 2008. Um, he was uh, the last surviving member of Walt's Nine Old Men, and he went to college at Stanford, and that's where he met um, Frank Thomas, and then they both went to Chenard, and Frank had gone down to apply at the Walt Disney Company, and then a month later, he called Ollie and said, I have a job for you two, so come on down. So that's <laughs> what he did. He was the seventh hire of Walt's Nine Old Men. And he worked for the Walt Disney Company from 1935 until he and Frank retired together on January 31st, 1978. Wow. Mm. Uh, Ollie was known for combining artistry and acting. And there's a quote by Glenn Keane that says, Ollie had this way of kissing the paper with his pencil, barely touching it and finding the simplest forms. Cool. I thought that was really interesting. I like that. So he and um, Frank, obviously, were a great team. And Ollie always wanted to know what his character was thinking and feeling. So, mm-hmm. like, at 5 o'clock, when everyone else knocked off from the studio, Frank and Ollie would go out to the car, and they would talk about their characters for another 20 or 30 minutes together, you know, playing off ideas with each other. And then the next morning, they would meet up again and talk about what they had talked about the night before to remind each other what they had decided on. <laughs> so cool. I thought that was really great. They they were so devoted. I just love these guys. So among the popular characters and scenes that Ollie animated was Mr. Smee from Peter Pan, the stepsisters from Cinderella, and sometimes the stepmother also, Prince John and Sir Hiss from Robin Hood, <laughs> the district attorney and Ichabod Crane from the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Nice. <laughs> and then he was animation supervisor for the Pastoral Symphony in Fantasia, um, Bambi and Thumper in Bambi, 
And, of course, his other accomplishments were the book we discussed last week, the Disney animation, mm-hmm. The Illusion of mm-hmm. Life, that Sophie has, which is yes, the textbook for animation courses today. It's known as the Bible among the animation characters. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Beautiful. Ridiculously built. Heavy, beautiful. Big book. Yeah. Yep. And like Frank, his last professional work before his death was in The Incredibles, where they did the scene that uh, Mike recently posted on the page, the, on the Facebook page for On the Road with Mickey. And that's uh, when Frank says, That's old school. And Ollie says, Yeah, no school like the old school. <laughs> if you haven't <laughs> seen that scene that Mike posted, it's so cute. And they it look is like amazing. them. I love they it. Do. They really yeah. do. It's really cool how they animate the characters and the people that look like the actors. I you know? know, it's awesome. I think but the it's thing cool. about it is, is that the Pastoral Symphony, you said he was the supervisor for it. Out of all the things in Fantasia, because I love Fantasia, Fantasia is like the golden movie for me, aside from Snow White. I love the Pastoral Symphony almost as much as I love the night on Bald Mountain. Those two scenes are my favorite from Fantasia. Wonderful, wow. wonderful. That's and now cool. every time you see it, you'll think of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. So um, Ollie had a big hobby that ended up really influencing Walt's life too. Mm-hmm. And that was his love for live steam trains. Um, in 1949, he built a miniature backyard railroad called La Canada Valley Railroad or La Canada Valley Railroad. It had three 112 scale locomotives, and this railroad was one of the inspirations for Walt building his own in his backyard, the Carrollwood Pacific Railroad, which inspired the building of the railroad in Disneyland. Yep. Ollie was a founding governor of the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society, along with his fellow Disney animator and rail fan, Ward Kimball. Mm-hmm. Yep, we remember that. Yep. The one four scale Victorian Depot from Ollie's backyard was restored and moved to a location near Walt Disney's Carrollwood Barn within the Los Angeles Live Steamers Railroad Museum at Griffith Park in Los Angeles. We've been there. We've been yeah, there. Have you been there? Have I'm so been? jealous. No, I have not been there. I want to go there, mm-hmm. and I want to go to the Walt Disney Museum in San Francisco. The, oh. the, the, the Walt's Barn is so cool, and we rode the train, and it's on my YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube of us riding it, and we were there with Steph and Shane and with Aww. Sheila and Randy and Jagan, and we were all on just sitting on this little road. I know. <laughs> and it was so it's so much fun. Cool. Just like it all was the pictures. so cool. Dang it. I want to go. I'm going to go sometime. Oh, yeah. Because it's so worth going to see. It's so yes, worth going. Yes, it is. Definitely. In the 1960s, Ollie acquired and restored a full-size, three-foot narrow-gauge Porter Steam locomotive originally built in 1901. He got it in the 1960s. He named it after his wife, Marie E., and it was kept at his vacation estate. And then around 2002, he sold his vacation estate and also the narrow-gauge train to John Lasseter of of Pixar Studios fame. And on May 10th, 2005, it ran on the Disneyland Railroad during a private early morning event organized by Lasseter to honor Johnston, who was able to take the throttle of the Marie E. one last time. 
This was the first time that the Walt Disney Company permitted outside railroad equipment to run on any Disney resort. Nice. In the 80s and 90s, Ollie served on the advisory board of the National Student Film Institute and was often a presenter at the annual film festival's award ceremonies. In 2005, Ollie received a National Medal of Arts um, that was presented in the Oval Office by President George W. Bush. Wow. So he was quite the guy. Really, really nice guy. I mean, yeah. You know, when we're researching these characters and they, like, you find out things about their personal life that you, I mean, you kind of knew things about their animating life, but you didn't know, like, their home life. And I find it just so interesting how truly, I mean, devoted fathers, Frank and Ollie were, that, you know, at least I know about them already, but um, just really, really special people. So I'll go into his family life a little bit. He, as I said, he was married to Mary E. Johnston, and she was a fellow Disney employee in the ink and paint artist. And he had, um, he had two kiddos they like i said last week they lived right next door to to frank thomas and two of his kiddos were the same age as two of frank thomas's kids so his son rick was the same age as greg thomas and his son ken was the same age as ted thomas they were only four months apart so their, their families were really really close i mean they were they were pals yeah so ollie's kids thought every family had a train and they were like, when they found out that not everybody had a train, it was like, oh, wow. But he's, you know, that when they were talking about their dad, they said every birthday party was everyone riding the train and showing Disney movies with dad's projector. Yep. So that, that, that sounds been a like lot it. Of fun for them. They had to have been very popular. <laughs> yeah, that no doubt. Be, no that doubt. has to be one of the it's best. It's like a lottery to get, to, get to, to go to one of the kids' birthday parties. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I know this is off point, but one of my favorite stories about Walt, and I'm sorry, I just have to deviate for a second because you know I love Walt so much. Um, The girls, his girls had gone to a birthday party one year and, you know, daddy was just daddy to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had gone to a birthday party and someone there had told them that their dad was Walt Disney. And they came home and they were so excited and they ran into his arms and said, Daddy, we didn't know you were the Walt Disney. <laughs> well, that's cool. That a, is a the reaction, but yeah. it's really cool too because he didn't he didn't he yes. didn't make his kids feel like they you that's know right. were here because he was Walt Disney. Exactly. You know? They were yeah, he never acted like they, they were just a normal family as far as they were concerned. He he didn't intend for them to know any different. So, it was really cute. I love I love that story about him. Yeah. Um, Ollie adorable. was I love it. I know, love it. Ollie was according to his sons a very structured individual. <laughs> he they said he would go out to the car 20 minutes before they were scheduled to leave and start the car and then the boys would trickle out about five or ten minutes later and then mary marie would come out and get in the car right on time to leave and he'd give her that look because they said that leaving on time to him was leaving late 
So he he was very, you know, structured and wanted, you know, I, I'm the same way. I leave early all the time. I'm always early. I <laughs> said he drove a big station wagon. Nice. And they said that he was a very hands-on dad, and they often had illustrated bedtime stories. Ollie would actually use his lunch hour and do a lot of watercolor drawings, and then at night he would make up a story, and he had a picture for every scene in the story. Who does that? Not Who this dad. That? <laughs> Sorry, Sophie. I failed yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, really, using your lunch hour to draw nighttime stories for your kids, that is just so sweet. I love it. Love it. Well, looks like I know who I want to look up to as a role model for parenthood. Oh, yeah, like there's not enough pressure on parents already, but to create a bedtime story and actually have drawings for it. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. That the kids also cool. said they had chalk talks where one might be a rabbit and one might be a dog and they would go into character and, you know, have like a whole skit with each other. It was so much fun. He sometimes had lunch with his kids and then he'd walk them around the studio and show them around. thought that was great. Yeah. So I have um, people personally described Ollie as being a combination of outer gentleness and inner strength. I think that's special. And then, of course, something about Walt, and I'm going to try to say this without getting emotional, but when he found out that Walt had passed, he said he cried in his wife's lap. Yep. <laughs> all the feels, Brenda, all the feels. <laughs> I don't blame him at all. Yeah. And that is all I have on. Well, I've well. got, I'm going to call this my, did you know? I got, hey. some, I got some Frank, I got some Ollie Johnston. Did you know? Right. And it's, it actually ties back to Frank too. I wrote a post like eight years ago on Frank and Ollie for my dreams of Disney. Awesome. And I had a comment from, um, from one of the one of the Disney bloggers that I know, and she said that a commonality between Frank and Ollie is that their mothers were both born in the small midwestern town of Tuscola, Illinois. Awesome. And she knows this because she was born there, and they mention it. So their mothers knew each other before they even Goodness. knew each other. How cool is that, right? I know. It's, it's a small too. world. Start well, singing it, It's meant to be. It's meant to be. That's the way it is. It's a small world after all. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. These but two I'm really like, were that attached is, at the hip. Yeah. I'm like, that is so cool. That so, is so cool. And I have some quotes for Ollie Johnston, too. Awesome. Um, And this one is from Leonard Malton. Who, Sophie, if you don't know who Leonard Malton is, he was a very famous film critic. And he knew his stuff. Um, and he said of Ollie Johnston, people know his work. They know his characters. They've seen him act without realizing it. He was one of the pillars, one of the key contributors to the golden age of Disney animation. True. And then one other... And I think this story just is so cool from Brad Bird, who is a Disney animator, Sophie. Mm -hmm. um, he's like next generation Disney animation. He said, 
when Frank and Ollie retired from production on the same Friday, I was in, I was the next animator at on Ollie's desk the following Monday. Oh goodness. The very desk he had used for decades to create so many indelible animated moments. I was properly awed as I sat down in Ollie's chair at his desk. As I was checking it out and getting the feel of it, I noticed the pencil sharpener was full of shavings. Instead of throwing them out, I poured them into a glass jar, labeled it, and set it atop the desk. Wow. Good luck, shavings. A simple reminder of the hard work required to create magic. My own jar of real Disney dust. The last jar. And I thought... Oh man, fantastic! That just blows it away, you know. I remember that quote. I think that's fantastic. I think I remembered reading that quote on an earlier episode. I don't remember which one it was, but it was. I was talking about Ollie Johnston that day. It was at this day in Disney history, and I remember that quote. Yeah. I, I didn't remember you having it, but that's cool that you remember that is it. So cool. But I'm like, that is just so neat to me. You know, those kind of things just, that's what really sums up why we're focusing on these guys, you know? It because is. Yeah, of, it's so funny because they rock along with their lives and they're doing their job and they're, you know, going home, their families. They have uh, no idea the impact they're making. It's, right. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift to be able to have people actually talking about your life, you know, long after you're gone and you live on. Mm -hmm. You live on through them. Yep. So I'm going to close out the feature topic this week by talking about Mr. Milk Call. Mm -hmm. He was born on March 22nd, 1909. I think, if I remember correctly, he is the fifth of the nine old men. And he was originally from San Francisco. And he was inspired to seek Disney employment after seeing the three little pigs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, that's just so cool. Mm-hmm. He was hired by Disney and started work on June 25th, 1934. Among his earliest work was Mickey Service Station. And Mickey's Fire Brigade. Those were Sophie. Were they part of Silly Symphony, or were they just part of the? Um, I'm not 100 percent certain. I don't think so. I am not certain. My guess is that they might have been. Yeah, but anyway, that was some of his earliest work, and you know, like all of these animators, they were hired because Walt wanted to get into the full-length feature film arena and the obviously the first full lame animation full length animation movie was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and so he worked on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and he was assigned to animate the forest animals that you see in the movie. Oh wow yeah he also worked on the Disney short film and I watched this you can find it on YouTube Google it on YouTube It's called Ferdinand the Bull. And he even lent his voice towards the project. It's like a 7 minute and 54 second cartoon. And it's basically about a bull named Ferdinand. 
who does not like to bullfight, has no interest in butting heads like the other bulls do. He All he is interested in is relaxing and sniffing the flowers. And there's a scene, though, where he gets sent to a bullfight, and all he does is sniff the flowers, and it is so hysterically funny. It is worth seeing and spending your seven minutes and 54 seconds of your life <laughs> on that because it is it's really cute. It's so cute. Oh, so, cute. Um, Milt Call was often considered to be the finest draftsman and the best at drawing human figures of all the animators, wow. and he was known as the master draftsman. Um, later on in his career, he became the directing animator for Lady and the Tramp and Sleeping Beauty, and he mm. retired on April 30th, 1976. His last work prior to retirement was as key animator for the Rescuers. That's some of his, yeah, some of, and that. Um, he worked on it until his retirement in 76 and the rescuers came out in 1977. Um, some of his career highlights were in Pinocchio, Bambi, Saludos Amigos, Pecos Bill, Song of the South, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger 2. And I have two quotes that I'm going to wrap up with and that's that's all I have. I don't have a ton of family information on him, but um but I have some really cool stuff and um animator Floyd Norman said and I quote Milk Call's contribution to the art of Disney animation is immeasurable and his work will continue to delight millions for years to come. If indeed animators could be considered royalty there's no doubt Milk Call would be king. So Floyd Norman was very influenced by Milk Call's contributions. And then director John Musker had a quote regarding him in some of his work he did. Um, he said he had really crisp timing. He did one of the most complicated scenes I have ever seen. Jiminy Cricket putting on his coat because he's late and he's running. It's done like in a three-quarters perspective. He had a dancer's feel for animation. Which I think is kind of neat to envision that. You know, you can picture, you know, some a character trying to race through a scene and and get stuff done and and all that. So, so I think that's, that's kind of cool. So awesome. But that's all I have on on Mr. Call, I think he was really cool, but I also think that um, in some regards, he might have been overshadowed by some of the others. I don't know. It's just my kind of my feeling about it. So, but um, but I I like this. I like talking about this stuff. I could talk as much as I as I knew. So, um, so I I really enjoy these topics. And next week. We're going to close out our feature topic. Brenda is going to be talking about John Lounsbury. Sophie is going to be talking about Wooly Reitherman. His first name is Wolfgang, which I think is cool. His nickname is Wooly. Mm -hmm. And I am going to talk about Eric Larson. 
Awesome. And that is the last three of our nine old men that we're going to focus on. But, um, Sophie, this is our Disney history, right? So you don't have anything specific for February 1st, correct? I do not have anything for February 1st. Okay. Well, that's fine. So I am going to talk about my who's who character. And I need to put my glasses back on or I won't be able to read it. So hang on one second. And this is a character. See if you guys can guess the character. The movie, obviously, because I was just talking about Milk Call. I am going to talk about The Rescuers, his last work. Mm. And I don't know that I've ever seen The Rescuers all the way through. Confession. Sorry. Well, I, mean, I let everyone down. I saw it years and years ago. I haven't seen it all the way through either, Daddy, but I think I'm going to take a guess at which character yours is. Okay, tell me. Give me a guess. I think I remember you having already talked about Bernard, so I'm going to go with Miss Bianca. <laughs> well, I, did, I, right? haven't, I haven't talked about Bernard. But you are correct. It is Miss Bianca. Sophie is so good at this, Brenda. I this know. It's really... That's who you were going to guess, too, right, Brenda? I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. Thing of it is, is that I think there's only been a few times at all where I haven't guessed it. Right. So, breaking news Sophie finally doesn't guess a who's who character. But this time she did. Got it. So Miss Bianca is a graceful Hungarian mouse who is an agent in the Rescue Aid Society in New York City. Bianca is always impeccably dressed in a fashionable hat and shawl with a bow and can often be seen um, powdering her face or reapplying perfume. In spite of her attention to her own appearance, Bianca is able to look past the appearances of others. She decides to take Bernard along with her on her mission, even though he's just a janitor. Miss Bianca is kind and compassionate. She is also fearless and daring, and she loves a good adventure. And two bits of did you know, guys? Did you know Bianca's name comes from the Italian word Bianco, meaning white? I did not. I did not either. And the decision to make Bianca of Hungarian descent came about because her voice actress, Gabor, wasn't it? Eva Gabor, yep, was born in Hungary. So that makes perfect sense. Green acres. And then lastly. Our um, Walt Disney quote, and I think it ties into the to our series here really well. And he said, and I quote, "I take great pride in the artistic development of cartoons. Our characters are made to go through emotions which a few short years ago would have seemed impossible to secure with a cartoon character." Some of the action produced in the finished cartoon of today is more graceful than anything possible 
for a human to do. And I think that's so cool because it speaks exactly to the talent of these animators. You know? I agree. Yeah, definitely. So, so Brenda, Sophie, as always, thank you for joining me. I enjoy this so much, and I'm having a lot of fun going over this with you guys. Thank you for having us, especially you, you yeah. Miss Brenda. Thank you for joining us both. Thank you yeah. for asking me. I'm so thrilled about it. Thank you so yeah. much. No problem. Mm -hmm. And we will see everyone next week. And Sophie, we will... See you, See you on, the, on road. the road. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.